The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Let's go. That is postseason college baseball music right there. Key to the City by Adam Doliak, the ESPN intro song to the College World Series. There's nothing better than that. And did you know he did play in the College World Series for Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles, out of the Conference USA. Uh, this will be their last year playing in the Conference USA. So, And they're also hosting that tournament. Very cool. Um, I am your host, Noah Beanick. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. That is the word 70, the number 7NB. My typical co-host, Colby Dant, is not with me today because I am recording this in the early morning for Tuesday's games with the odds that have just come out. And all I'm going to do today is run through all 10 of these money line only bettable college baseball slate today. And then if there's time at the end, I don't want to make this podcast too long. I just want you guys to be able to listen to me give out good angles and betting picks for the college baseball games today. There's a lot of important bubble games that will be played today. So it's going to be cool to get some money on that. And if there is time at the end of the podcast, I'm going to run through, um, NCAA tournament regional projections, and if there is time, I will give out some of the things that I'm thinking when I see these teams in the regionals together. So that's my plan for the podcast. I'm going to keep track of how much time we have going here, and like I said, if there's time at the end, I'm going to get right into that. But what I want to do, the main thing that I'm focusing on on this podcast is I'm touching on every game for Tuesday, May 24th. Colby and I will then record another podcast later today on Tuesday, touching on conference tournaments in general, and we'll see how this podcast performs. And if it does pretty well, maybe this is a daily thing throughout the conference tournaments and into the NCAA tournament. So without further ado, I'm just going to set my stopwatch, make sure I can keep time, and then... I'll be able to separate or in the description tell you guys when I end my picks. But before we get into all the games, I want to tell you about WinBet. Make sure to get down on WinBet's bet $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. 
all users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-leg build-your-own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA or NHL playoffs. The match is coming to the win, and you can bet it on win bet. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're minus 200 right now, and they're playing against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at plus 165 on the win resort course. There's nothing better than that. So there's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. I don't mean to be cringy when I say okay, but dude, I'm ready. I'm so psyched. This is the first year of the college baseball experience, and we're entering the postseason. There's nothing better than this. And every second of college baseball from here until the end of June matters. It's absolutely crazy. And without further ado, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We're getting started early in the American this year. It is the five seed Tulane. They're 31, 24, and 1 on the year overall, and 11 and 13 in the American. They will be playing the four seed in the American, Cincinnati, who has a losing record overall on the season 23 and 29, but they're 12 and 12 in the conference. Tulane is minus 145, Cincinnati's plus 115, and like I said, we have a 10 game slate, but all they're offering us is money lines. I have a few. Um, opinions on if a total gets released where you should be for a couple of these games on totals but yeah um, I just want to make this clear before I get into all these um, pitching matchups and stuff not every game's pitching matchup is confirmed at the time that I'm recording this so when I say I am projecting a starter it is based off of educated it's based off of an educated guess with lots of research. Trust me, guys, I put in quite a bit of time to try to mathematically find out which pitcher would be going. I took into account how many starts they've had on the season and where they fall in the order of the rotation. So, yeah, Tulane and Cincinnati. Over the weekend, Tulane canned their head coach, Travis Jewett, after losing five of their last six series to finish the year. During the season, Cincinnati took two of three against Tulane as well. Tulane will be the road team for this game. Cincinnati is going to play active the home team. Tulane, 90th in the RPI. They're 18-9-1 versus the RPI's top 100-200 to 200 RPI teams. As for Cincinnati, they're 135th in the RPI, 3-8 versus top 51-100 to 100 RPI teams. For Tulane, a freshman is going to make a start. Michael Massey, he's 3-4 with a 5.20 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 64 innings pitched on the year. As for Cincinnati, they're going with sophomore Alex Shea. He's 0-3 on the year with a 7.29 ERA, 21 strikeouts, 21 walks, and 21 innings pitched. I'm projecting both of these starters with the research that I've done barring the team to decide to throw their ace on short rest. But for these teams, who's their ace? I mean, we're talking about teams that have plus five team ERAs. So 
Bo Keithley, Cincinnati's Friday guy, has a 533 ERA, and Tulane could come out and throw Dylan Carmouche, who got blown up for five runs in 1.2 innings on Thursday against UCF his last time out. If they post a total, I'd love to take the over here on whoever pitches. As for the game, I'll take Tulane minus 145 to win it for their interim coach with who I expect Massey to be bumping for the green wave. Game number two on the slate at 10.30 a.m. in the SEC Conference, played in Hoover, Alabama. Alabama, the 11th seed in the SEC Tournament, they're 29-25, they're 12-17 in the conference. They take on number six seed Georgia, who's 35-20 and 15-15 and 15 in the conference. Georgia opens as a minus-125 favorite and Alabama at a minus-105 dog. Now, for the SEC Tournament, if some of you guys are new to paying attention to this, the first round, there's four teams that get a bye. Um, I'll pull up that bracket right now and tell you. The one-seed Tennessee, the two-seed Texas A&M, the three-seed Arkansas, and the four-seed LSU have all made it to the second round. In the first round, it is a one-and-done, one-game elimination. The winner of Georgia-Alabama will play Arkansas on Wednesday, and that begins a double elimination bracket for the eight remaining teams in the SEC. So, who do I think is going to win this Roll Tide Bulldogs game? The key to winning do-or-die games in Hoover is desperation and motivation slash need to win. With a win or two, Georgia can earn a top 16 seed, whereas Alabama is almost surely done. They need a deep run in the tournament to make an argument to get included into the field of 64. Bama is coming in off of a series win against Arkansas, and the Bulldogs are crawling in after getting curb stomped by the second worst team in the SEC this year, Missouri. The first, the worst team in the SEC is Mississippi State. Who would have expected that at the beginning of the season? Not me. They were an honorable mention for College World Series future in my preseason article that I wrote up. Man, what a fall from grace. So, Missouri took two of three from, no, Georgia took two of three against Alabama during the regular season. Alabama is coming out swinging. They're throwing their ace, Garrett McMillan. He's four and five on the year with a 3.83 ERA, 81 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 82.1 innings pitched. Georgia, they're throwing sophomore left-hander Luke Wagner, who's five and one with a 5.11 ERA. 44 strikeouts, 24 walks, and 37 innings pitched. This will be Wagner's third start this season for Georgia, but on the other side, like I mentioned, Alabama is hungrier. They're throwing their ace McMillan. At a plus price, give me the hungry dog that will run faster and not want their season to end today. For your information as well, I didn't really take this into my handicap, but if you guys like to base it off of RPI, which I know a lot of people actually don't really like the RPI, but it's like the only tool that we use to measure teams against each other in college baseball, Alabama is 47th in the RPI. They're 6-15 against top 25 RPI teams, whereas Georgia is 11th in the RPI, and they're 6-3 against teams ranked inside the 26-50 range in the RPI. So, Alabama minus 105 is my play for that game. The ACC tournament is 
just stupid. Like it's, I, I don't know if I should say stupid. It's dumb because there's worse. There's one worse tournament that I'm gonna also talk about today. But this ACC tournament, in case you guys didn't know, is a pool play tournament with three teams in each pool. It's a twelve-team tournament. You play one. You play two games in your pool. One game against the other two teams. But if you tie, so there's a pool with Virginia, Notre Dame, and Florida State. Now say Notre Dame and Virginia, they one beats Florida State, one loses to Florida State, and then they go to play each other. They end up one and one, the whole pool is one and one. It just automatically goes to the highest seed. Why even do a pool play bracket? In my opinion, it's dumb. So, yes, if you win your pool, you move on to a four-team single elimination bracket that begins on Saturday for the ACC. Um, the championship game, I believe, is going to be Sunday at noon. So, yeah, let's get into this first game for the ACC. At 11 a.m., the 11 seed Pittsburgh, who's 27 and 26 on the year, 13 and 16 in the ACC, they'll play the seven seed Georgia Tech, who's 33 and 21, 15 and 15 in the ACC. Georgia Tech opens at a minus 220 favorite, and Pitt is a plus 170 underdog. Some of these ACC pool play games actually don't matter too much, but this matchup is a rematch of last weekend's series where the Yellow Jackets brought out the brooms to virtually eliminate the Panthers from the NCAA tournament unless they pull off a miracle run in the ACC tournament. As for Georgia Tech, three wins versus Pitt wasn't quite enough to move them completely off of the bubble, but they are on the right side of it as of now. Pitt is 75th in the RPI, and they're 7-14 against the RPI's top 25. Georgia Tech is 20th in the RPI, 6-5 versus the RPI's 51-100 to 100 team range. And they're on a six-game winning streak currently. As for Pitt, they're throwing their ace, Matt Gilbertson, who's 8-3 on the year with a 3-5-5 ERA, 87 strikeouts, 11 walks, and 91.1 innings pitched. Georgia Tech is throwing their ace as well, John Medich, who's 4-4 four four on the year with a 572 ERA, 55 strikeouts, 27 walks, in 50.1 innings pitched. Aces are wild in this NCAA tournament elimination game, and I trust the duo of Pitts, Gilbertson, and high-leverage bullpen guy Brady Devereaux to limit the electric offense of the Yellow Jackets while their pitching shows their true colors of a wet paper bag. Pitt plus 170 is an interesting price, and I'll put a half unit on that. Whew. All right, ran through three games pretty dang quickly there. I like our pace. We're at 12 minutes. Had to take a quick drink. Now we're right back into it, right back into the mix. This is the, this is the stupid tournament that I was talking about. Okay, the Atlantic Sun. It's an eight-team tournament, but hear me out. There's two pools, and in baseball, you're going to get a lot of pool play. You play a round robin in your pool. Now, the pools are split up into four teams. The two divisional winners 
So there's two divisions in the Atlantic Sun. The two divisional winners are the one and the two seed. And then the next two best teams from the conference are the third and fourth team in the same pool. Then they take the bottom four teams and throw them all into a separate pool. And then they play each other. So the best teams in the conference are beating each other up for three days. And basically how they do this is the worst team from that best pool gets eliminated and the best team from the worst pool gets put into a single elimination semifinal bracket where the teams from the best pool are going to end up playing each other once more. Like, it's so dumb. So, yeah, anyways. Um, in the Atlantic Sun, at 11 a.m., we have the number one seed, Liberty, who's 33-20, and 19-11 in conference. They're taking on the four seed, Florida Gulf Coast, who's 34-21, and they're 17-13 and 13 in conference. Now, I must mention, this tournament is being hosted by FGCU on their home field. So Liberty is minus 140, FGCU plus 110. Liberty is 40th in the RPI, 8-3 versus RPI 50 to 100 ranked teams, and they won two of three at FGCU earlier this season. For, for Florida Gulf Coast, they're 74th in the RPI, 5-8 versus the RPI's top 26 to 50 team range, in they're 21 and 11 at home all year got to take that into account as it's being played on their home field for liberty garrett horn is going to throw he's six and one on the year with a 193 era 80 strikeouts 24 walks 51.1 innings pitched and his opponents are padding a whopping 167 against him for florida gulf coast Jason Woodward, who's 6-4 with a 3.96 ERA, 77 strikeouts on the year with only 31 walks, 72.2 innings pitched. This matchup is not confirmed. It's more projected by me. I'm projecting that Florida Gulf Coast did not chuck their horse, Jason Woodward, in last weekend's weekend series against North Florida. My thought is that they'll try to throw him here against the one-seed Liberty and then see if they can turn around and throw him in Saturday's championship game if they get that far. In saying that, Liberty is one of the best pitching staffs in the country with a team ERA of 4.06, putting him in the top 20 in the nation. Past Woodward, FGCU does not have many high-leverage bullpen guys. Once the Flames muck it up and get through Woodward, I think they should still win this game. If a total appears, I like the under here. Um, so I'll take Liberty minus 140 as well. I mean, FGCU's throwing their ace, and Liberty's fourth starter, just his line blows him away. So that's where I'm going to look for this game. All right. Before I jump into the next game, let me tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for some of mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits for a player in baseball. 
Then, choose the amount of money you'd like to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from 2 times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in. The main reason I'm so excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out all together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Also, Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear. So breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping using the code SGP at manscaped.com. The Jewel Pouch is a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. Basically, just imagine your balls sipping pina coladas, chilling on a hammock on some tropical beach. Honestly, it's perfect for like grad parties if you're into cornhole or spike ball. If you're being active and sweating a little bit at a grad party this summer, this pair of boxer briefs is going to be perfect for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Once the Boxers 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. All right, that was a fun advertisement read. Um, a lot of our listeners for the MLB Gambling Podcast get a good chuckle from Malcolm reading it, and I hope I supply to you with the same amount of joy that some of them get from him. Okay, all right, the next game on our slate is from the American Athletic Tournament in Clearwater, Florida, where the number eight seed South Florida, who is 28 and 27 on the year and 8 and 16 in conference, takes on the number one seed, East Carolina, who's 38 and 18 and 20 and 4 in the American. ECU is minus 235 and South Florida is plus 180. Clearwater is in South Florida's backyard, but ECU enters on an insane 14 game win streak and they swept the South Florida and they swept South Florida in Greenville. South Florida's RPI is 155th in the nation and they're 0 and 4 against the RPI's top 25. They're 21 and 16 at home. East Carolina is 26th in the RPI. They're 30 and 10 versus the RPI's top 51 to 100 uh, top 51 to 200 ranked teams they're 30 and 10 i'll repeat that um south florida will uh so this is speculation by me um i'm projecting they'll throw their sophomore jack jessiak who's 2-0 with a 132 era 30 strikeouts only two walks 27.1 innings pitched and an opponent batting average of 167 as for east carolina senior jake 
Maynard, who is 4-2 on the year with a 3.27 ERA, 37 strikeouts, 14 walks, and 41.1 innings pitched. This game, in specific, was tough to research because I got error message from South Florida's athletic website saying that I couldn't reach their pages. So, barring injuries, I'm still going to project this matchup to be Jassiak. I'm going to be completely honest. South Florida's been, like, not on my radar for the year. They're 8-16 and 16 in their conference, so books weren't even offering their games to bet on anymore, so I was literally not even looking at their games for most of the regular season. Uh, I know at the beginning of the season they were on the books, and I did take a couple of their games, but I don't know if Jassiak is injured, and it's the wild, wild west when betting on college baseball because of shit like this. But if Jassiak does pitch for South Florida, there's tremendous value on the Bulls in front of a home crowd with a kid that can absolutely shove. He has 30 strikeouts with only two walks in 27.1 innings pitched, and his opponents are batting 167 against him. And East Carolina, yeah, they're on a crazy hot streak right now, but early in the season, they were dreadful with the bats so if this kid shoves anything can happen give me south florida plus 180 and let's hope jassiak is healthy and pitching on tuesday at three o'clock p.m we head back to the acc conference tournament to watch the number six seed wake forest who's 39 and 16 and one on the year they're 14 14 and one in the acc they take on the number 10 seed, NC State, who's 33-20, and 14-14 and 14 in the conference. Wake Forest is minus 150. NC State opens up at a plus 120 dog. Another ACC tournament, NCAA tournament bubble game here. Both squads are in good position, but a loss would make them nervous on Selection Monday. Wake Forest, uh... I project that they're going to throw Reed Mascolo. I believe that's how you say his last name. He's 2-0 and on the year with 4.95 ERA, 42 strikeouts, 13 walks, and 36.1 innings pitched. As for NC State, Garrett Payne, who's 3-1 and with a 5.91 ERA, 43 strikeouts, 22 walks, and 42.2 innings pitched. Wake Forest is 12th in the RPI, and they're 8-5 versus the RPI's top 25-50 to 50 teams range, whereas NC State is 41st in the RPI, and they're 6-11 against the RPI's top 25. It's a tough pill to swallow, but with the Sam Heifel injury, the Wolfpack is crumbling down the stretch and needs to either beat Wake Forest or beat Miami here in the ACC tournament pool play. And honestly, I think their better chance to win a game is against Miami if Miami is going to end up throwing off to stave their pitching staff because on Wednesday, Miami plays Wake Forest. If they win that game, Miami only needs to make win one game. And so let me explain this. Um, NC State, if they beat Wake Forest, they would be 1-0 and they would have to play NC or play Miami. If Miami's 1-0... Miami has to win that game to go 2-0 in advance, but if NC State loses and Miami beats Wake Forest, Wake Forest would be 1-1, NC State would be 0-1, and Miami would be 1-0. and 
what I project would happen is Miami throws a couple of pitchers that they don't throw very often, and they would be willing to give the game up, and everybody would and everybody in the pool would tie at one and one, and Miami would still get to move on. So that would be the game that I would play the dog in NC State against Miami here on Thursday. But uh, yeah, especially just after four days of being swept by the Demon Deacons, I'm going to fade the Pack 9 here. Wake Forest minus 150 might be a little juicy for your taste. It'd be a nice par parlay builder for you, though. At 5.30, good lord. <laughs> 5.30, the um, number 9 team in the SEC tournament, Ole Miss, they're 32 and 21 on the year, 14 and 16 in the SEC. They're taking on the eight seed in the SEC tournament, Vanderbilt, who's 35 and 19 and 14 and 16 in the conference. Vandy opens up as a slight favorite at minus 120, and Ole Miss is minus 110. This is literally the best game of the day. And I'm pissed that it's not in the prime time slot for the night game because Tuesday, um, it's my mom's 50th birthday and 5.30 is like right dead smack into like where we'll probably go out to eat. So I, I'm willing to bet two units on it that I end up missing a hundred. I end up 100% missing this game and I'm going to be fucking pissed that the SEC didn't want to capitalize on Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, two of the biggest college baseball brands of the last decade, playing each other in the first round of their tournament. They didn't want to throw that as the night game, but it is what it is. It, it's going to be, it's going to feel like an Omaha-like game. And let me touch on this too. Hoover is a field that resembles Omaha pretty well. It's deep and home run dependent teams like Tennessee, LSU, um, there's a couple others that I'm not naming off the top of my head. It's going to be interesting to watch those teams and how they act in Hoover to project how well their offense will play in Omaha. If Tennessee is unfazed and they go out and hit 10 bombs in five games or 20 bombs in five games and it looks like that their offense can't be caged, um, they could be <laughs> your 2022 College World Series champions. But we saw them lose a series to Kentucky, who the Wildcats have one of the biggest fields in the SEC, and the wind was blowing in, and Tennessee could not hit that long ball, and they lost 2-3. of three. So that's what I'm going to be looking for, because the weather in Hoover also this week is going to be um, pretty crappy from like Thursday on, Thursday to like Sunday. They're projecting rain like pretty much the whole time. So I'm hoping that the games at least get played. But uh, it, it should make some interesting angles for some underdogs. Um, Dylan DeLucia, the ace of this Ole Miss staff, has been lights out since the beginning of April. He's 5-1 and one on the year, and he's correcting that heavily tarnished 4.60 ERA from the beginning of the season. He has 64 punches and 20 walks in 62.2 innings pitched this year. If the Rebs lose their game, 
they're eliminated from the SEC tournament and they're going to be sweating it out on Selection Monday. Even though Vandy is tossing their freshman phenom, who I believe has been their best, most consistent arm, Vanderbilt has nothing to play for right now. They won't be a regional host with losing with a losing SEC conference record. But they're firmly in the NCAAs with the number five overall RPI. For your information, if you want it to handicap, Holton is seven and three on the year with a three forty three ERA. He's got eighty six strikeouts, only twenty seven walks in sixty eight point one innings pitched, and his opponents have a batting average of one ninety three against him. I just really like the motivation that. Ole Miss is going to have because they desperately need just one win against the RPI's number five overall team and they'll be sitting comfortable on Monday knowing that they're in the NCAA tournament bracket so Ole Miss at minus 110 will be my play for this game at 7 o'clock p.m. North Carolina they're the number eight seed in the ACC tournament they're 34 and 19 15 and 15 in the conference they'll play the 12 seed Clemson who's 35 and 21 13 and 16 in the ACC Clemson opens up as the slight favorite at minus 120 and UCN UNC is at minus 110 I'm a little stumped at this opening line but let's roll with it the ACC nightcap is yet another NCAA tournament bubble game UNC they're 16th in the RPI, and they shouldn't have to worry about that. They're 11-3 versus the RPI's top 26-50 to 50 team range and coming in flying high after sweeping Florida State. Clemson, on the other hand, is 30th on, in the RPI, and they're 9-11 against the RPI's top 25, coming off a sweep against almighty Boston College, who came in last in the ACC this year. Um, firmly on that bubble is the Clemson Tigers. UNC will be going with Max Carlson, who is 1-2 on the year with a 3.72 ERA, 68 strikeouts, 31 walks, and 55.2 innings pitched. And Clemson will start Mac Anglin, who's 6-5 on the year with a 4.11 ERA, 74 strikeouts, 48 walks, and, 52, uh, and 72.1 innings pitched. Both aces are confirmed to be throwing for these two teams, and this is a simple handicap. If they offer a total, take the over. Both of these guys are so walk-prone with 31 walks and 55 innings and 48 walks and 72 innings, but UNC is rolling right now. They've won 11 of their last 14. North Carolina at minus 110 is going to be my bet here. At 10 o'clock, the last game on our betting slate, the number five seed in the SEC tournament, Auburn, who's 37 and 18 on the year, 16 and 13 in the SEC. They'll play Kentucky, who's the 12th seed, 30 and 24, 12 and 18 in conference. Auburn opens up as a minus 145 favorite, and K Kentucky is a plus 115 dog. These two squads just played each other in a weekend series four days ago where Kentucky came out on top in a weekend that Auburn could have won the SEC West if they played well, but that didn't happen. Auburn's 7th in the RPI. They're 24-14 versus the RPI's top 100. Kentucky 
is 54th in the RPI, and they're 9 and 10 versus the RPI's top 25. They're, they're competing against good teams. You like to see that. Auburn will be starting. This is confirmed. They're starting Carson Skipper, who's 5 and 3 as a reliever this year. He's 481 ERA. He's making his first start of the season with 44 strikeouts and 9 walks. As for Kentucky, they're starting Sean Herney, who's 5 and 4 on the year with a 293 ERA, 60 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 58.1 innings pitched. Herney is not a starter by choice. He does have a few starts this year, but he is actually just their flat-out best pitcher in their pitching staff. They're going to let this guy run and hopefully lead them into the second round of the uh, SEC tournament and maybe see if they can make a dream run in Hoover. And you know what? Auburn throwing off with a guy that's making his first start this year? Dude, Kentucky just beat Auburn twice out of three games this weekend. Why are they an underdog right here? I'm going to take Kentucky plus 115. And that's going to wrap up our betting slate. We got through that in 33 minutes. Not bad, not bad. So I think that puts our podcast around 38 minutes right now. So you know what? Let's 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 treat us to some NCAA tournament projections. But before I get to those, we're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. With the special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed on your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan 
for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Okay, like I promised, let's touch on some of these NCAA tournament projections that D1Baseball.com just put out. Uh, let me get to this page real quick. So yeah, I mean, I've had a great warm-up getting ready for postseason college baseball in the Division One ranks because my squad... Point Park University, they played in the NAIA regional uh, opening round. They beat the number seven overall team as a four seed in their pool. But uh, that number one overall team ended up coming through and then beating us twice in the pool to take us out. So, I mean, it was fun while it lasted. Um, kind of screwy how that worked because the number seven overall team in the country flew to Georgia where the two seed of the pool hosted and that two seed was the defending NAIA champs, Georgia Gwinnett. So kind of screwy how that worked, but yeah, Georgia Gwinnett ended up beating hope to move on to, uh, Lewiston, Idaho, where the NAIA world series is located, but forget about Lewiston. Let's talk about Omaha. Number one seed. Like we all knew it's Tennessee two seed, Virginia tech, three-seed Stanford, four-seed Oregon State. Um, no, nah, let's not do it like this. Okay, one-seed, 16-seed. Tennessee, the 16-seed, Georgia Southern. In Tennessee's region, honestly, Wake Forest could score enough runs to compete with Tennessee, but this region is Tennessee, Wake Forest, Wofford, and Coppin State. Coppin State's going to be the worst team in this tournament this year. They won the MEAC, and it wasn't very convincing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think Tennessee should have any problems getting out of there unless they they 100% are not going to lose to Coppin State. So they're not going to get into pitching trouble with their four horses at the top of their rotation. So, honestly, I don't think Wake Forest would be able to beat them. Um as for Georgia Southern, this regional is one of the three regionals that I just viewed as just death row. There's three of them that D1 projected. These aren't the final ones because they get released on Labor Day Monday, but we're just doing these for fun, giving you my picks for fun. Georgia Southern is the one seed. Campbell is the four seed, and they have just an absolute horse that goes for them on Fridays. We'll talk about him more as the tournament comes down if they end up winning their conference tournament. The two seed and the three seed are Georgia and Georgia Tech. That should be a fun, fun regional as it's Georgia Southern, Georgia, and Georgia Tech in Statesboro, Georgia. Um, then Tennessee would end up playing Georgia Southern in the Super Regionals, and that's a rematch of a weekend series in non-conference play that was back in like February or early March where Tennessee actually swept the Eagles. So 
Tennessee looks like they got a path to Omaha, like we all knew, but yeah, so a little bit quicker than that. Um, Virginia Tech, they're the two seed, or they're the number two overall seed. The two seed in their region is East Carolina. You know, that's just an amazing regional. If I, I really hope that happens because it's Kramer's Hokies against Colby's Pirates. That would be amazing. West Virginia, the three seed. Maine, the four seed. I would take Virginia Tech to get out of this regional. They're a complete team. On the other side of the Super is Oklahoma State's region. They're the 15 overall seed. The two seed in their region is Arkansas after they just got uh, just embarrassed in a weekend series against Alabama when Arkansas could have played for the SEC West division title. The three seed there that they'll have to play is Louisiana Tech. They're always interesting in the NCAA regionals. And the four seed is Davidson. Honestly, my pick, both Oklahoma State and Arkansas are Jekyll and Hyde. Now, like, I've been a hater on Arkansas all year. Like, I really don't think they have what it takes to get to Omaha. But Oklahoma State's a perfect team for them to get matched up with where they could get there. So... My, my, I'm not going to take any upsets yet. Um, I've gone four regions in, and I'll take Oklahoma State to get out of Stillwater. So I have all four of the ones, or <coughs> I didn't give a pick for the Statesboro region. I just said it would be interesting. My pick would be Georgia, who I have a preseason future on to win the College World Series. So I have three ones, or I have three one seeds and two, and one two seed. Jeez, I can't talk. Third overall seed is Stanford. The four seed there is Long Island. They're nothing too special. They shouldn't uh, give Stanford any problems. The two seed there is UCSB, who is a great pitching staff out of the Big West. And the three seed's Ole Miss, who's been just super hot lately. That one's a good region. And honestly, my pick would be Ole Miss to get out of there. I like their story so far this season where they were literally in the dumps, they so they started off as the number one. They were the number one ranked team in the country at one point this season. They went all the way to in the dumps, and their coach was on the hot seat. And now they're one of the hottest teams in the country here, barring a series loss to end the season with uh, Texas A&M. But yeah, my pick, I would be taking the upset there in Ole Miss. I'm not a huge believer in Stanford, so I really like the Rebs bats to get out of that uh, Stanford regional. And the 14th seed on the other side of the Super is TCU. They're hosting this one out of the Big 12. They were the Big 12 regular season champs. Came back in the last weekend to win that title. Um, the two seed in this region is Texas State. And the three seeds, Dallas Baptist. Another nice little Texas region. And McNeese State is also the four seed here. I don't expect them to make any noise really either. My pick to get out of this region would be Texas State. They have a great rotation, and they have two guys in the bullpen that are just incredible with great strikeout-to-walk ratios. Texas State would be very, very interesting there. So I have three one-seeds, two two-seeds, and a three-seed now in my super. We head down to the number four overall team, Oregon State. They are projected to host North, Car North Carolina, who's a two-seed, Grand Canyon, who dropped down to a three seed in North Dakota State. Oregon State and Grand Canyon have already played this year. Honestly, I feel like 
Grand Canyon should be the two seed and North Carolina is the three seed. Um, we've seen Oregon State beat Grand Canyon, so I'd like to think they would be able to come out of this region. Then we head over to the other side of the Super, and they are really just trying to get clicks here because Oregon is the 13th nationally ranked team. <laughs> and if both one seeds would win, it would be an Oregon-Oregon State matchup in Corvallis. And Oregon State took all five of the games they played against Oregon this season in the regular season. So I'd be taking Oregon State over or Oregon there. But honestly, this Oregon regional is pretty dang good too. They have Gonzaga as the two seed, NC State as the three seed, UNLV as the four seed. I have said on this podcast that I, all I want is NC State to just get into the tournament, which they're going to have trouble getting into. Um, but if they get in, anything can happen. And uh, Elliot Avent and his like he will have that squad ready to go. We saw what happened last year. They even took out the number one overall seed in Arkansas to get to Omaha, where they were the hottest team. And then we all know how it ended. NC State would not be my pick to get out of this regional, though. I'd be taking Gonzaga. Their starting rotation is just nails. Um, and then I'd take Oregon State to win that matchup against Gonzaga. I would actually take, I'll, I'll give this out too, I would take Ole Miss to beat Texas State and go to Omaha. I would take Virginia Tech to beat Oklahoma State to go to Omaha. And I'd take Tennessee to beat Georgia State or Georgia Southern to go to Omaha. The five overall seed is Miami. They're projected to host Florida and UConn and FAMU as the four seed. Um, Miami gets out of this one. I feel like this is a pretty weak bracket or pool, I mean. And then on the other side of the Super is South Bend. And this one is always a weak regional because you get the the automatic Mac bid, and this year they're projecting it to be Ball State. I really think Central Michigan has an argument to put up in the uh, Mac tournament, um, but they did get swept in four games by Ball State, so that's why I feel like the Cardinals are projected here. UCLA is the two seed, and we know they don't have any offense, but they have a good pitching staff, but uh, Rutgers is the three seed. It always seems like you get like the third, fourth best Big Ten team, the Mac school, and then just a week two. <laughs> I mean, if that happens, I really like my Notre Dame future. Um, that That's just normally how it always happens. If Notre Dame hosts a regional, you get those weak northern ball teams and they get to a super pretty easily. So I would be taking, that would be an interesting super regional between Miami and Notre Dame again. <laughs> Gave out uh, futures on both of those guys. Miami beat them in the regular season, so I'll be taking Miami to get the Omaha there. The sixth overall seed is Maryland. They'll be hosting or projected to host the two seed Texas Tech, the three seed Liberty, and the four seed Fairfield. Honestly, this is another weaker uh, regional in my opinion, but I I feel like Texas Tech could pull off some magic and get out of College Park, Maryland here. On the other side of the Super is the 11 overall seed, Virginia. They're hosting the projected to host the Ivy League champion, Columbia, and two-seed Oklahoma, who's red scorching hot right now, and Old Dominion, who's the three-seed. They just hit bombs. <laughs> I mean, that that's not a team that's going to win in Omaha, but they could definitely get there with that offense. 
Um, I'd be taking Virginia to win in this regional, and I would take Virginia to win against Texas Tech in a super as well. The seven overall seed is Louisville, and they're projected to host the Horizon League champ Wright State and two-seed Vanderbilt, three-seed Arizona. <coughs> this one is a regional that is just a buzzsaw, honestly. Um, any of these teams can hit in spurts, and the Vanderbilt is the only one with good pitching. Vanderbilt would be my team to get out of Louisville. And on the other side of the Super, projected as the 10th overall team, Auburn, there would be hosting Coastal Carolina, Florida State, and College of Charleston. Dude, if Florida State gets this regional, it's a cakewalk. I would be taking the Seminoles to get out of Auburn in a heartbeat. And honestly, Vanderbilt versus Florida State. Give me Florida State, dude. That that one-two of Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard is unbelievable. I think it's enough to take two from Vanderbilt. Um, and then... We head down to College Station, where Texas A&M's are projected as the 8th overall team. They would be hosting Army out of the Patriot League, and Texas as a 2-seed, UTSA as a 3-seed. My pick to get out of here would be... This is tough. Because I feel like all the hype was on Texas early in the season, and they've just fallen off, and their bullpen has gotten exposed. But Texas A&M does not have very deep pitching either. Um, that would be interesting between the Aggies hosting the Longhorns as well. Nice little rivalry in there. <coughs> Sorry, Cameron Kerr, but I'm going to go with Texas there. And then the nine overall seed projected would be Southern Miss. They would host the two-seed LSU, three-seed Clemson, four-seed Belmont, and I'd take Southern Miss to get out of here. I really like their pitching staff, really, really like their pitching staff. Southern Miss would be my pick to get to Omaha. So as of right now, I, th I lost track of count, but I have a good amount of one-seeds going, um, some two-seeds and one three-seed. I, I would love that Omaha 8, actually, so... Yeah, that's how I stand. Um, thank you guys for listening to the college baseball experience and living the better side of college baseball with me today. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I promise Colby and I will be back with another podcast today previewing all of these conference tournaments and talking about some matchups that we already know for for Wednesday's slate of college baseball games. Um. Follow me on Twitter at 77NB. That's the word 70, the number 7NB. Follow the college experience on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And yeah, dude, let's have a great Tuesday. The last podcast that we dedicated a whole slate to, Colby and I killed it. I made like three and a half units. He was up one and a half units. Let me pull that up real quick before I sign off. Um, uh, on the last podcast, Colby went 11 and eight plus one and a half units. And I went 13 and six plus 3.47 units. So let's hope for a just as good day from me on the slate today. I hope you guys enjoy, uh, tail responsibly and we'll be back 
again later today. Like I said, have a good day. Adios, amigos.